Hi, I'm Nick. We are here with the third episode of the See Me podcast. Uh, this week we're talking all about mental health, stigma discrimination, obviously, and also fitness and sport and how these things can help to break down barriers, to get people talking, um, to challenge stigma and to tackle discrimination. We are going to be looking a little bit at our Pass For All pack that we've done in conjunction with Pass For All and Sam H Later. Um, chatting a bit before with Dee, who is one of the most active members of our team. Hello Dee. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Good. So, I guess to start off with, as you know more about this than anyone in the team. In the world. Like, as a kind of broad thing, how do you think fitness can help mental health? Why is it important? How they're linked? I think obviously on a, on a very kind of scientific level, we know that moving more can can impact our minds in a beneficial way um release of you know positive chemicals and and things that that you know make make us feel better when we move um but i think a lot of the time it is just that thing of getting out kind of finding ways to move that's helpful um that kind of gets you outside that gets you into green spaces um yeah i think just the the kind of you know the the medical side of it's uh obviously proven and and important um but i think just kind of being part of a community as well kind of being around other people and having goals and kind of making little wins for yourself you don't have to run a marathon every day but even if you're like oh i managed to get outside and go for a run or that can be really really important to kind of boosting boosting your mental health and making you feel a bit better yeah and i guess our partners sam h they do a lot of stuff on um, physical activity, sport, mental health and how that's linked and Chris Hoy as well is their ambassador and they have a big focus on that and really showing how important it is. I guess what you mentioned about community was really interesting because that's maybe where the element of challenge and stigma and discrimination can come into this and about how physical activity is really good for breaking down barriers between people and getting people together. Like it could be quite like-minded people who from a whole different parts of society and different communities can come together over one shared thing but then do you think that helps people to talk about other things like mental health if they've kind of met other people with similar interests? Yeah definitely I think there's always this kind of misconception that like fitness and sport is very much like unless you're playing a team sport obviously it's kind of you go to the gym and you grind and it's you know it's all about you know being the best you can be in aesthetics and um, I don't think that's a helpful way to look at it. I know in my experience, um, the people, some of the people I've met through, you know, running clubs and going to the gym and team sports and group activity have been people that I've been friends with now for a long time and um, that I feel comfortable talking to. And it's just natural that you're spending time with people and you kind of fall into talking about um, how things are going outside of that, that community. And it can be really, really nice to have a support network that... Um, you know, you're doing something that you enjoy together. It gives you something in common to talk about, but then that can kind of lead into talking a little bit more about, okay, well, maybe not feeling t- great today. Why am I not feeling great today? Um, and just having a community there that's kind of supportive and, and helpful in that journey as well. And have you then met people through going to the gym and being part of clubs like that that you've then been able to talk to if you have been struggling with your mental health or going through a difficult period or anything? Yeah, definitely, because um, we know you know mental health and, and physical health are very much linked, so you might have a day where you go to train, you go to the gym, and you're just not there, and um, you're not able to, 
to do the workout that you want, you don't feel good about it, and that's quite natural, but often that can be linked because maybe something's happened that day that you're not concentrating, you're not feeling great, and so naturally kind of conversations lead on from there. I didn't have a great training session today. Why? Well, maybe because something else going on in my life that's kind of impacting on that. Um, and so having people there to kind of say, are you okay? You know, um, you don't seem yourself today. Is there anything you want to talk about? Kind of quite naturally opens up a conversation where, you know, you can go from there. You know, when I quite recently went through quite a difficult time, and I have to say, like, the people in the gym that kind of saw me day to day and they could kind of see a change in me um, over a few months were very proactive and kind of messaging me and getting in touch to ask, you know, are you okay, what's going on? Um, and now we've kind of had a bit more kind of conversation around that um, with the people in reception, people who work in the gym, who've, you know, been very um, kind of kind and and supportive and kind of checking in now and kind of saying, how are you? And I think, you know, for me, um, although exercise was something that, that maybe became a little bit too difficult for me, um, at that point in time, just being around those people who were who were kind of making the effort to check in was really, really helpful for me and kind of let me know that I wasn't alone and it was okay to say to people that I didn't even know that well, actually I'm not having a great time, so, um, you know, when I'm coming in and, and I'm not talking, you know, can you, you know, come, come say hi and, and I'll speak to you privately and that sort of thing, so that was really, really helpful for me. Yeah, which must be quite nice, I guess, with myself, I don't know, I've got mixed feelings on things that I've done on how much it would help, or help in different ways, so I play football a lot, um, not that it's very good for my physical health because I'm continuously injuring myself, <laughs> and just shoulders and people that muscles. don't know Nick often, well regularly, like on a monthly basis comes in with like slings and... Quite a feeble person, <laughs> yeah, but I know um, I found, so a few, I had a period of years ago, there was a lot of change and a lot of things happened in my life and I played football a lot to try and distract myself from it and I guess to get some of the sort of feelings out, the frustrations out, I was running about and getting out there and it really, really, I found that really helped me and made me feel a lot better when sort of other things weren't as great and then, but then at the same like but I did it too much and then as because I'm a, a feeble pathetic man <laughs> I, I then really tore not. my calf muscle jump into head of ball and then like so the one thing that I've been putting as a lot of like kind of a coping strategy into like that all just went away at the mm -hmm. same time as well which then made it really hard not having that yeah but the benefit when it was there for most people who aren't just going to tear their calf muscle jumping on the spot um it is really good <laughs> however what I did find that even though I was playing for a football team and I knew the guys pretty well I played for it for a, a few years that was never an environment I ever felt I could have told anyone really what was going on you didn't feel thinking. able to talk no no I think in a certain environment even on that team like there was people on the team that I played for who didn't like other guys on that team on a personal level mm -hmm. because they weren't good enough at football yeah let alone if you were then going through something and that was impacted that's interesting though do you think that's a lot to do with the kind of stigma that we have in Scotland about men not feeling able to talk do you think that's you know a football team that's, I assuming, was all male. That was, was maybe yeah. a bit of a barrier. It could have been, yeah. Um, and maybe the guys came together for football but didn't have stuff in common otherwise. But yeah. Uh, yeah it, you had that kind of team bond in some ways, but in other ways it would have been like, there's no way I'd be telling any of these people what's going on at the same time or anything yeah. else. And I, don't, I never would have seen that as a particularly open environment. 
That's interesting. I haven't, but no, having said that, I have found in, in certain gyms that I've trained in that it's more of a competitive vibe and people will kind of overtrain to the detriment of their mental health and they maybe aren't, you know, there to kind of, they're on a solo mission, it's like get gained solo mission um, and that's not always been the nicest environment. Um, but a running club that Claire, another member of the team and I go to, um, some of the people that we've spoken to there are always very open and friendly uh, talking about mental health. I went to or tried a new weightlifting um, club last night and the chap Ray who runs that is lovely, he's very very open, really easy to talk to, everybody's really really supportive. Um, so I think it's, it's a mixed bag and kind of picking up on what you said I think is a really really important point and um, when you look at exercise and mental health is that when fitness and exercise stops being beneficial to your mental health and it's something you're doing out of guilt or it's something that you feel like you have to do that's when it can start to negatively impact so there's lots of great benefits to moving more but you also just kind of have to be aware that using it to escape from what's going on in a negative way isn't always a good thing or letting it become obsessional that's when it can become quite dangerous and um, so you know fitness and activity should never be something that you feel like you have to do um, or that you feel pressure to do and when you're not feeling mentally well actually getting out and exercising can be one of the hardest things to do because you're tired you don't necessarily want to socialize with people and um, so when you were saying you know you might have an injury and you're not able to go train as hard as you would which you know obviously you're not releasing endorphins you're not feeling great and um, but just finding little things to do to move more can be really important so whether it's taking your dog for a walk getting out in some green space asking a friend if they want to go for a walk grab coffee um, little things like that whether you kind of do a little bit of gentle stretching and yoga there's lots of things you can do as well so it's not like exercise you must kind of go in and hit it really really hard and if you're not falling over at the end of the session then you've not worked you've not worked out because that's not you know uh -huh. and some of those easier access things i guess are good if you are maybe worried about somebody else or what they might be going through if they're struggling and it I don't know, you, you're wanting to open up that conversation and ask them how they are, but as we know, it's really it's a difficult conversation to open up, and it always, and a lot of the kind of chat around mental health is that, you know, it's, you can, if you're struggling, tell someone, but that's not easy, so, but there should be other people, if you, if you, if you see someone struggling, to go out there and be like, are you okay, and exercise lighter, things like that are good ways to maybe be a distraction so you can then have this conversation yeah. about how you're feeling which can then help to break down the, the sort of barriers around the kind of fear or the worry that you're going to be judged if you bring it up if someone else asks you takes you there and I guess what you're saying about the guy who was running the weightlifting club you went to last night it was a really nice environment do you think that people who either run gyms or fitness clubs or sports clubs or teams or whatever kind of have a bit of a responsibility to create the right culture where people can feel like they can say they're struggling or ask for help or talk about mental health without worrying about being judged for it. Definitely. I think, um, again, it depends what kind of gym you're going to. Um, if you're going to a gym that's predominantly full of, you know, competitive bodybuilders or weightlifters, then there is a little bit of kind of, you know, train till you fall over and a little bit of ego sometimes attached but I have to say in the gym that I currently train at you know people are there to compete and they work hard 
but people are always asking how you are. They're, they're always kind of, they'll message you and be like, you look great today, you know, um, it was really good to see you, you know, how are you getting on? People are really, really quite friendly and conversational. And that's nice, you know, it's not the kind of environment where people go in with their headphones and they don't talk to each other. Um, you know, I've had some great conversations with some of the PTs, other PTs there, and just people that you see day to day, you start to see the same people over and over, and you can kind of even almost just by looking you know, at them and how they're engaging with other people if they're okay and sometimes it's, it's fine just to drop them a message and be like, oh, you know, I saw you today, are you all right? Um, which is nice, but I think there there needs to be a little bit more of a emphasis on, you know, those kind of environments, especially if you're pushing yourself physically sometimes, you maybe don't feel great. Um, and I know that they're now looking into putting training into, into gyms to kind of if you've got people that are compulsively exercising or maybe at risk of injury or maybe using the gym a bit too much to kind of spot those signs quite early and start those conversations, um, which I have to say my gym, you know, does at the reception desk quite regularly, which That's is really nice. Um, yeah, they'll kind of, they'll, if you're going in, they'll like, you know, how's your day been? How are you? Um, and I guess for a lot of people, maybe if, you know, if they're at work all day, that's the kind of first point of, you know, non-work formal contact they've had. Um, which is nice but yeah I think so I think it needs to be you know pushing people to kind of move more and, and do things that make them feel good but there needs to be a kind of more holistic whole health approach to that as well Definitely. Um, and that's interesting about your gym and having the, the guys who work there on reception who are looking out for people and links in a little bit I was thinking with this work that we've done previously we worked with Neil Lennon with the Power of OK campaign and he obviously he spoke a lot at that point about his own experience with depression and what it was like for him playing and playing on firm games when he was going through really bad periods, but also spoke about his role as a manager and looking out for players now and looking out for players, not just their physical health and well-being, but their mental health and well-being as well and what he can do when he sees younger players who he thinks might be going through similar things to him and getting them the right help and support. And here's again, it's the idea of it people everyone taking responsibility but maybe in places where it needs to one particular person or one kind of leader in an area being like hey this is how we can look out for people and ensure that this isn't going to be a discriminatory attitude in any areas particularly with mental health and people do feel mm -hmm. open and honest which is really important i guess moving on i was going to chat a little bit about within the sort of vein of getting fit and looking after yourself and bonding and creating environments you are about to make most of the team uh, <laughs> uh, stretch themselves, shall we say? What have you got planned for the team? Um, so one of the ideas that we had is obviously, you know, working in an office environment, you're sitting all day, it can start to negatively impact your mental health. Obviously, we're very, very lucky in our team that um, we've got a very supportive environment, but something that we thought we should maybe start doing um, we did actually start like a, a weekly running club and it kind of happened and then didn't and <laughs> yeah, then and then you yeah. <laughs> don't be so uh, don't be so pessimistic um, and then it happened again and then it didn't but now that the weather's back in again, Scotland the weather twice in the no year. we went a few times we went a few times three maybe oh it was like three weeks um, <laughs> uh, yeah sorry so one of the ideas we had um, to kind of 
get that idea of communities working together and kind of using um, physical activity as a, as a bonding a bonding experience and a, and a training experience um, was to kind of get the team to do the, the Great Glasgow Run together. Um, so there's a 10k and a half marathon. I think we're going to go for the 10k just so that yeah. we're kind of <laughs> catering to, to everybody, which I think is going to be a, a big thing. So we're going to start doing some training runs um, during the week at lunchtime uh, twice a week, kind of split the team in half, do that just to get people out of the office, moving more, getting up from their seats, um, and also just to kind of break down that that barrier of kind of you working together or we'll do something fun so that we're talking and engaging with um, each other in a way that's in a way that's uh, good for our bodies and minds. Um, and great for everyone else in the open plan office who can smell us when we come back <laughs> there are There are showers, but there's only two, so we're going to have to, uh, we're going to have to figure out how to do that. Um, but no, I think that's going to be a really kind of good experience for us just in terms of, you know, hitting both nails on the head or mm-hmm. looking after our bodies, but also giving ourselves time out of the office to look after our minds as well. And that team support, supporting one, you know, one another to do something quite challenging for some of us, which, you know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, I'm Sense of achievement. Looking forward to it at some points. I've been running recently and it, because I got injured again playing football, dislocated my shoulder for a third time, so I've been going running to try and keep fit while that heals. Um, and I'm hoping I enjoy it more with people because. Have you ever thought of doing like water aerobics? <laughs> no, I genuinely haven't. <laughs> I don't even know how to Synchronized swimming. I mean, that seems like a stretch. <laughs> Not just trying to swim, but synchronize it with other people. Well, maybe I'll look into it, but I'll just <laughs> go for the lunchtime runs for now. Um, and with seeing a good example of people keeping fit and getting together um, and, and having safe places and to talk, yesterday we were out at the launch of the new Pass for All Toolkit, which is looking great. It's We've working together with Sam H and Pass for All in creating this uh, toolkit for the pastoral teams, they have they go they have health walks happening all over the country. So we've created a toolkit which basically can encourage conversation on mental health, can give ins on how to start the conversation, on why it's important to tackle stigma and discrimination, and basically get the the message out to a whole new audience with this massive network that pastoral have across the country. Um, so we went down there and chatted to a few of the guys who were organising it and also some of the people who were taking part. Well, I'm here at what we did for Belsall in View Park, right? I do three walks on the week, Monday, Tuesday and a Friday. Uh-huh. You know, and I go out there to meet people, get them all gathered together, meet them, have a really laughing joke with them. Whether dementia patients, actually sighted them all and I have great fun with them and they interact with me all the time and they trust me, you know, as I walk with yeah. They'll know walk in front of me, they'll know Davies the leader, you know, and it's a it's marvellous feeling, uh-huh. honestly, mate. Honestly. And what what made you want to get involved in it in the first place? Yeah, well, I was ill myself and after I lost my way, I don't know if you're in the whole yeah. and I went into ill health myself, overweight, didn't want to go out. It was a mental problem. Mm-hmm. Never had any like in my life because I worked 45 years for British Gas. Always yeah. meeting people in customers' houses. Mm-hmm. Right, so it was a complete change. So I said, I phoned my GP, 
various things done, various clinics, found out I was diabetic, on top of things that I had blood disorders and everything. I fairly threw myself away, <laughs> to tell the truth. Yeah. But no, with my back up with my children, my grandchildren, get something done about it, Grandpa. And that was it. I went to various clinics, put myself in healthy feet, you know, healthy eating. Mm-hmm. You know, lost two stone. Wow. That's a... Started walking. Yeah. Now, walking is only 13% of your diet. Did you know that? No. 13%. That was what my dietitian told me. Right. But I was doing like four walks a day. A yeah. Week, a week. And then I joined the Rambling Club, which would go every second Sunday of the month. And uh, I met all these good friends, people that I didn't even know. There were 60 of us. And it's like a big family there. Do you think the walks are good for being able to get out, get healthy, but also to have conversations yeah. which people maybe don't feel they can have as well. problem with that at all, you know. I can confine with everybody. I think it's due to my work more than years ago that I can communicate with any type of person, whether it be have mental health. Because my wife was ill for six years and she was she ended up with mental health. Mm-hmm. And she was going to top herself all the time. And I stopped her many times because she was 24 hour pain. For six years. Yeah. Yes. And it just ended, you know, it's just uh-huh. it's good to take any more, you know. And I guess important for you now, or is it important for you to be able to yeah. get out and to talk about that as well and yeah. to, oh, and to kind of very old, get that it, you know? out as well as sort of getting right. physically fit and years years ago when I was working, I had no confidence in talking to people. But see since I changed my life around, I can talk to them. Yeah. 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 I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Oh, I'd say it's <laughs> a good thing, definitely. And how about yourself? Well, my name's Helen and I uh, go to um, drop-in services for d- people with dementia. Right. Um, t- my husband uh, is only 65 and he has Parkinson's with yeah. dementia. Okay. So we were looking for support in the community. And through going to that in our Church of Scotland in Carluk, the minister there was keen for us to try and incorporate some like a walking group for the people that access the services. Okay. So I was asked to go and train to be a walk leader. So since doing that, I was saying I now realise that I think people first of all say oh, I'll go to that walk, uh, walking group because that's good for my health and I'll get fit. But actually what happens is it's a very social yeah. thing and people come and you chat the whole way round and it is a safe, it's very much a safe place for people to come and share their stories and how they're doing this week. Uh-huh. So it's an excellent thing. Brilliant. And from the really sounds of what both of you guys have said, it's quite... I imagine with all the walk leaders and the participants, a huge yeah. range of different reasons why people come to Very these. Much you so. think it all comes down to the one, yeah. you know, the one cause, we're there to help. That's and right, and just, just chat, That's and right. to, to support people. 
It's an excellent they say thing. They talking's the best thing in the world, yep. as well as walking. Talking and walking, you know what I mean? Definitely. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. brilliant. Thank you so no, much for chatting to me about that. I really appreciate that. Audrey Demner, uh, Programme Coordinator, Stigma Free Lanarkshire. Brilliant. And Audrey, why do you think that it's so important that people are able to get out and talk about mental health on walks like this? Well, we all know the benefits of getting out into the outdoors, of having a bit of exercise and fresh air. And if you are struggling with your mental health, you don't always know whether it's a safe place for you to start talking about your mental health with people. Sometimes it's very difficult to know how to help somebody um, if they're telling you about their mental health issue. And, and, and people are aware of that and you don't always want to to come forward and, and talk openly. So of course that can really um, create stigma. So by creating a safe place like a mental health and wellbeing walk, you're saying to the to communities, to individuals, you know, come along, let's talk about your health. If that's your mental health, thoughts enhancing your physical health, it can only be good opening up the conversation. You know, it's nice just to get out, even in Scotland when it's raining, it's nice just to get out and have a chat with somebody. I am here with Tony from CME, who works on our social movement team, Donna, one of CME's community champions, Robert from Sam H and Francis from Pass for All. We've just finished our walk at the launch of the Pass for All toolkit. Um, so I guess, Francis, I'll start with you. Like, How did you find the walk and what are your hopes for the toolkit? Yeah, we had a fantastic turnout today. I think we had over 30 people um, all out to hear about the toolkit and to find out how they could use it um, in their roles as volunteers, walkers, or just projects that support walking. So yeah, we're hoping the toolkit um, gets used throughout Scotland. We've got 150 projects that lead health walks. Um, we're gonna send them all a copy of the toolkit, um, send them the links, and encourage them to take it up um, with their walks. Brilliant, obviously there's quite a variety of different organisations who have come together to create this. What was the idea about why these three organisations, why did you want to get together and, and do this? Mm -hmm. Well we know walking is great for your physical health um, and we know walking is great for your mental health as well and we just thought there's not enough of that messaging coming through um, within our uh, networks. So the conversation started with Robert, um, obviously with uh, the charter work that Sam H are doing, there's a load of energy going into physical activity um, and then start speaking to Tony as well and there's something around you know people's accessing opportunities to be physically active and around the stigma that comes with mental ill health sometimes so we thought it really just kind of um, contributed to what we were all three organisations trying to do. Brilliant and Robert obviously yeah as Francis has said it's so physical health is a really important thing for Sandwich at the moment and doing a lot of work on it so how excited are you for this to get out there and what are you hoping from it? I think it's, I think it's a, a great opportunity because we've got three partners here who have a shared value about the impact that uh, sport and physical activity can have on our mental health. It's about breaking down the barriers and it's also about reducing the stigma because if we can create conversations uh, around mental health and well-being that's going to be really good for our communities so the toolkit is really about as Francis was saying it's about building capacity within the communities so that we can absolutely get people to have conversations and look after their mental health and well-being and that will go so far at breaking down some of the barriers that's there but as Francis said 150 uh, leader groups out there across the country where was it Francis from the 
from the borders right all the way up, up to, to Orkney. Yeah. Orkney. Mm -hmm. So if we can actually, we've got a toolkit that will reach uh, right across Scotland and really make a difference there. So if we can create those conversations uh, and the work that we're doing here, that's going to be really good for the people of Scotland. You said about breaking down barriers. Do you think that people consider their mental health as much as their physical health? And do you think that people even think about them being linked? No, they don't. Uh, I think people are becoming much more aware of it and I think work like this will help to raise that awareness. We were talking about that at the, the launch today about the parity between physical health and mental health. We have to enable and support and facilitate people to have conversations where uh, whether it's, it's because of your managing your illness around mental health or just for us all to start to look at how we look after our mental health that can prevent and be much more positive around the way that we actually uh, take steps that are going to make a difference in our mental health. So the opportunity here is to really champion that forward and really get people to think about not only look after your physical health, but look after your mental health and wellbeing. Definitely. And Donna, for yourself, do you think looking after your physical health, as you've done a few huge challenges recently, you cycled from Glasgow to Edinburgh yeah. and you did the Kiltwalk recently as well. Do you think, not just these absolutely like mammoth huge tasks, but generally, <laughs> do you think looking after your physical health helps your mental health? Oh definitely. I mean the thing that helped my mental health, when I was feeling really down, I decided one morning to go and get a dog, the cat and dog on, and I went and got him and then every day he walked with me because I didn't want to go out on my own. So every day we went long, long walks and it was it really, really did help in the recovery of my mental health. And do you think things like this, something like Pass for All and the Toolkit and bringing groups of people together to walk and talk and have conversations is good for making it easier to talk about mental health as well? Would you have found that easier? Definitely, because it's a safe place to come and talk and it's also intergenerational. So you've got all different people, different cultures, different. so it brings everybody in together and everybody's that safe, safe place to speak. So I think it's amazing that people come along and I mean, I've went walks as well. I've been a walk leader and, um, and other people in and just get people out just to even enjoy the countryside and just walk through and, and enjoy even a bit of mindfulness. So it's really, really good to have. Definitely. And how did you find today? How was your walk? Um, I really, really enjoyed the walk today. Um, I got to meet loads of people um, and got to talk about... I mean, it's a safe place to come and actually just say we can talk about mental health and you don't have to be feel judged or there's any stigma attached to it because it's an open, safe place to talk. So that's why um, I think it's really, really good because you can talk about it. And again, it's like like talking about your physical health. You should be allowed to talk about your mental health in the same, same parity, really. Definitely not having that fear that you're going to be judged if you're yeah. talking about how you're feeling can make such a huge difference and having the right environments and the right settings to do something like this. And Tony, obviously, at CME, we talk about this a lot. Particularly, I guess, there's an idea around... Self-stigma and people worrying that they can't speak about how they're feeling or they're going to be judged or they might be dismissed. And do you think that, I mean, your experience though, of being out there and walking and meeting new people and talking, do you think this is the right environment that can help challenge that sort of stigma? Yeah, I guess um, what we have seen today is there's been an environment created here, whether that's through the toolkit, the partners involved, but mainly the people in the room. There's been an environment created today where people were able to talk openly and safely about mental health. The toolkit's there and designed to be able to give people 
the confidence and courage to open those conversations safely and effectively. And I think that what's happened today is, is exactly that. And I think that that will continue through some of the networks that Pass for All are able to distribute that through. Um, and, and I think it's just great credit to the partnership here that the people in that room were able to just open up about things that would never be normalised in a conversation. And I think that's exactly what we're trying to promote, normalising conversations about mental health so that people can seek help when they need it most. And is that how something like this can tackle stigma and, and perhaps ultimately help tackle discrimination as well? Like, Simi's got a long history of working in areas like this with Walker Mile we've had for years and that idea of bringing people together to challenge discrimination that was particularly focused on healthcare but something like this which is really broadly across communities is this something that moving forward you think can get even more people involved in having these conversations? Yeah absolutely I think that what we need to realise moving forward is that we need more people involved in the conversation we need more people to take um to take power and control over changing the attitudes and assumptions and the judgment and the fear around opening up the conversation about mental health. And I think that today has been the start of that in relation to empowering others and building capacity in others to start to move this agenda forward. And I think that, because that can't lie with a few organisations, it's people that are going to ultimately create the change. I think one of the one of the really important things about this is that walking is so accessible to so many people. Um, and also it's a great opportunity to get out there in the wonderful environments that we have right across Scotland. There is an infrastructure there through Pass for All. Uh, they've got an amazing map that you can go in and look at and find a walk that's near you. And you know, as we start to build this more and more of the groups across Scotland, those 150, will start to pick up the walk and start to make that as part of what they're doing so that positive conversations around mental health and wellbeing are happening uh, every week throughout Scotland. Brilliant, thanks so much. And where can people get the toolkit if they've seen it? Like, you're spreading it through all the different, like, the different walks that you've got across the country and where else can they find it? Yeah, so the toolkit will be sent out to all 150 projects and between them they run 550 walks. So each, each walk's got a couple of volunteers. If you want to download the Pastoral Toolkit and find out more about it, then you can go on our website and check out the Movement for Change section, which has all the information there. It also has information too, if you're interested on Walk a Mile, uh, which we created with Chris McCulloch-Young, we've been doing for a few years now, getting big groups of people talking, breaking down barriers, particularly in health and social care. Um, lots of workplaces have done that as well. So if you're interested in any of that stuff, check that out on our website, which is www.cmescotland.org. Okay, I think that is everything for this latest edition of our podcast. Uh, thanks, Steve, for coming along to you're chat. You're welcome. And We'll, we don't even know what's going to be on the next episode, but it'll be fun. Watch out, listen out for it. Oh, and uh, make sure you check in and see what happens with the, the runners in the team. Hopefully Nick won't break anything else. I will fall. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.